goal of Data Transformers podcast is to accelerate digital transformation by bridging the gap between business outcomes and rapidly advancing technologies. And we aim to bridge this gap by focusing on data. I am Peggy Sai, top 50 women in tech influencer, co-author of the AI book and data governance expert. I'm Ramesh Danta, an entrepreneur, a tech blogger, and AI enthusiast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Data Transformers. I'm pleased to have with us today, Danielle Obider. She is the founder of Decayo Data, a 24-hour data science community. And she was actually the first person who got me uh, involved in data podcasts. So it's a nice turn of the tables here today because I will be interviewing and asking Danielle questions today. So welcome, Danielle. Thank you. It's awesome to finally be here with you. I know we've talked about doing this for a long time, so I'm excited. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm so happy to, to have you here with us today. And Danielle, I, I think that, um, you know, a lot of people have different roles in, um, in data science and we've spoken to a lot of actual like data science um, practitioners and people who worked in different industries. And I think that you also play a, a very interesting and unique role in, in the data science community as well. So can you talk about um, why you started um, this community of, called Decayo Data? Sure. So I, I started um, getting really into data science in my MBA program at Tulane. I fell in love with stats and then I just kind of branched into data science from there. And I got an opportunity to write data science content for another company. But after about a year, that fell through. And I realized I'm really good at this. So I decided to start up on my own. Um, and really what Decayo Data is, it centers around the Data Femme podcast. So that content is really what people gun for. Um, but then there's also a blog that has tutorials and a newsletter that promotes all kinds of content, um, other people's webinars, the podcast, the blog. And then I'm really active on Twitter. There's a wonderful data science community on Twitter, as you know. And so I really like to have guests on the podcast that are doing data or data adjacent things and people might not know what they're doing. So I act as an amplifier for cool things that are already happening in the field. And it's nice to have that bird's eye view. Exactly. I mean, I think I first heard of you, we first met on Twitter. And again, for those of you listening, I think that Twitter is a fantastic medium for, for meeting and connecting with other data science peers um, and just growing uh, your network. Um, but tell me more about your, your Data Femme podcast. And that's a podcast that uh, you had myself on and you had my colleague, um, Heather Fetterman, also from Big ID. We both spoke on your podcast. So tell me the type of um, speakers that you have and the type of uh, topics that you've covered in, in recent podcasts. 
Yeah, I'm on the second season right now. And we're starting to wrap that up. So it's been a really, really, really eventful season. Um, Huge focus on diversity and making work environments just in tech, specifically data science, better for underrepresented groups, um, specifically the Black community, because when season two started, it was right in the middle of all the Black Lives Matter protests. And my goal was to really keep that conversation going. So we should have an epic finale episode coming up soon um, before transitioning into an epidemiology-focused season three, where there's going to be a lot of unpacking the virus, a lot of... um, unpacking what the vaccine is doing and just all the, you know, socioeconomic implications that this virus has had, things that you might not even think about, you know? Um, So really like the goal of the podcast is to engage people um, and it doesn't even have to be super, super data technical people on what really the industry is. Um, And I mean, aside from being interesting and fun, it kind of adds structure to the industry. You know, Um, I'm I'm getting a lot of sponsors right now. I am always looking for more, of course, Um, (laughs) but I'm getting a lot of sponsors right now. And it's nice because people kind of know where to throw their money to to get exposure because I am a data science focused podcast and a lot of people listen. So, I mean, career stories are a big part of it as well. I really like to give hope and inspiration for, you know, um, I guess marginalized groups like, you know, just even just women who want to enter the data science world and have been burned by experiences in tech at large, you know? Um, So it's always a candid, open conversation. It's getting more that way as I get better. (laughs) And I think people really enjoy the themed content. Like uh, this episode that I'm working on right now is about chess and data science because I'm passionate about both. Um, Last week's was about astrology and Enneagram. And um, the one I did in December before taking a brief break was kind of an intro to the cloud with my friend Chris O'Brien. And he gave a tutorial with slides and everything. Linode sponsored it. And that kind of branched us into more of an educational space. Um, and so that's something I really want to continue with having those types of episodes as well. That's a great topic. Um, certainly with uh, focusing on the the cloud and those challenges um, and educating people. And I, I love what you said earlier, Danielle, about um, really highlighting the diversity of, you know, not just the data, but also the people um, involved in, in, in data science. Um, but also focusing on the the women that are involved in this community, uh, I think it's a growing number. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, are there more more women joining the, the ranks of data science, or um, 
and or do you see uh, a need for more communities like this to help support bringing more women to data science fields? Well, and I think a lot of my colleagues will sympathize with this answer. There are a lot of women in data science. There are a lot. That doesn't mean that they get the recognition they deserve. You know, um, with all this open source technology, with all this open source um, like data sets, there's so much you can do to explore data science and self-teach. And then Twitter is such a wonderful equalizer. So, you know, you do have access to moguls in the field. You really do. And that's really exciting. So I do think that there are plenty of women into data science and because it's the growing field and it's kind of new, there are opportunities to really make structural changes. But I mean, it's quickly becoming the focus of the tech industry at large too, data sciences, AI, you know, machine learning. And so I think that the communities like mine, like our ladies, like pie ladies, <laughs> like um, women in data science, there's so many, but those are really important because there are women practicing data science all over the world who just aren't getting recognition because, you know, like they're not exposing their work enough because they haven't been taught how and white mm -hmm. males just charge on through. And so it's really about giving people the opportunity to speak about their work that they're already doing. Um, and of course, of course, it's about encouraging women to enter the field um, and not just women, but, you know, Latinx, black community, transgender, LGBTQIA, like, you know, seriously, like we need all sorts of diversity and diversity of thought. I paid a lot of attention to that, like English as a second language or didn't get a bachelor's degree. I mean, these things, you know, are really good to, focus on so people feel like the industry is inclusive but it's still an uphill battle um and there are a lot of brilliant female data scientists who aren't making as much waves as they should because they're not being covered so that's kind of my goal is to say yes we're here and we're already doing good work you know mm -hmm. <laughs> No, I, I completely agree with you. And that's one of the reasons why I love doing um, this podcast, Data Transformers, is, is finding the, the talent, the hidden talent, the people that are not always um, very public or have are, are good at marketing themselves or mark, good at marketing their talent. And I think um, participating in a podcast or, you know, giving that type of exposure is is. Um, you know, helps them as well, elevates their career and visibility, which is really important. Um, well, it's also that um, it's also that a lot of people who want the data science industry to mirror the 
traditional makeup of the tech industry will say, oh, there aren't black data scientists out there. There aren't female data scientists out there. So, you know, we just need to like make more of them. And for now, we'll keep hiring who we've been hiring. But that is not the case. There are several talented data scientists out there, like not just talented, but like um, like prodigies out there who are on Twitter saying, here I am, I exist. And there are communities like our ladies that are really, you know, fostering this talent and bringing people together. And so there really isn't an excuse for executives not to hire us. It's just that, you know, it's always been kind of, it's always been kind of the excuse like, oh, there aren't enough women in here. So we just hire kind of who we have. It's not the case though. Like it's, you know, there's, there are tons of people from every faction of the world doing data science right now. Any other suggestions you have? I mean, for those maybe listening to this podcast, like what more can we be doing um, to be elevating their voices? I mean, I know certainly you mentioned they're on Twitter. Um, uh, is there a specific community or maybe they're already part of your community that we can, um, you know, help, you know, elevate and share their names with? Well, I mean, the main thing is when you're looking for hires or looking for webinar guests or anything of the sort, speakers for conferences, don't just post on LinkedIn. Don't just post you know, saying whoever sees this apply because you will not get a representative sample. I mean, those of us who come from minority communities need to be reached out to to make sure you really want us, you know? So recruiters for any purpose really need to contact me. You know, I have a huge community myself. Um, contact our ladies, contact pie ladies, post on Twitter and tag people that you know have a diverse community and are committed to cultivating that. Um, it, it doesn't look stupid. It looks like you're trying, you know? Um, Definitely. And I think that that's important. Um, no, exactly. Because, you know, funny thing was this week I, I was on LinkedIn and I saw an advertisement for an upcoming um, talk on AI. Uh, it was like data, data science, AI topic. But the six members of the panel were all the same. <laughs> They're all men um, of the same ethnicity. And I just thought that how can this be representative of the different, um, uh, you know, facets and backgrounds and experiences if, uh, you know, they were all pretty much all and all from the same um, industry as well, which I thought, again, very, very limiting conversation, especially in this day and age. Well, and the truth is people don't want to hear that anymore. That's not interesting to people anymore. They want the quirky, tattooed, you know, mixed race, LGBTQ data scientists, you know, that's what, that's what's interesting, you know, to hear somebody who is just going to be themselves, show up, not use a bunch of corporate jargon 
and talk about data, you know, like the real story, because there's nothing more intimate and close to the human experience than data, really, you know, like you think of it as numbers and math and statistics, it's actually a very emotional thing. And it has to do a lot with personal biases and opinions and experiences. So, I mean, and I don't mean this in any negative way, but like, I don't want to hear from the millionth white male tech executive about data science. I want to hear from somebody who is in their community using open source data sets from their city and really trying to figure out like a sleuth what's going on. Exactly. And what I think is so great, again, is um, there's so many people out there today, um, regardless of your backgrounds, can be doing good data science work. And actually, um, I recently attended the, the Gartner Data and Analytics Summit, and the, one of the keynote closers, closing speakers, um, she was a, a Black woman from a healthcare company. And the first 20 minutes of her keynote, she was talking about charting her temperature because she was um, trying for a baby. This was her third child. And she was talking about data statistics and talking with her obstetrician about why or why not she should be um, should, should be induced at after 42 weeks. But this whole conversation, um, the whole keynote started out with just sharing really personal information about her personal um, uh, pregnancy journey and having a third child. And it was all about data though, which was again, very fascinating, um, at least for me, the, the listener. And I think it resonated um, probably with more than half of the audience who are probably women. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think like sh the fact that she shared that personal detail really draws people into the story, um, you know, because data quantifies the human experience. That's what it does. I mean, it's it's you look at data and you get hit with the reality and that maybe you're not even ready to face yet, you know. Um, it can be very shocking. It can be very complicated. And talking about it like it's just a technological advancement is not the real story. It's not what's going to really interest people. Um, of course, of course, we all want to make money. And of course, you know, optimization tools. Um, that are powered by artificial intelligence are cool. They're awesome, you know? Um, but there are a lot of real issues happening right now that need that technology more than a marketing company just trying to bring in more revenue. So you mentioned earlier about data with COVID and certainly with um, Black Lives Matter. Um, I'm interested in just learning more about how, how do you think data, data science can really impact and change the conversation that we're having today? Certainly with COVID-19, I think a lot of people have, you know, tried to apply predictive 
AI around, um, you know, looking at um, CAT scans and, and x-rays and predicting whether someone has a lung infection. Um, how else do you think um, data can, can really be changing the course of conversations that people are having about these topics today? That's a really good question. And I'm gonna go back to this um, study that I always talk about from the Institute of Women and Ethnic Studies in New Orleans. Um, they did a huge, huge comprehensive study on how kids in, you know, underprivileged areas of New Orleans are feeling about their home situations to try to appeal to the housing coalition. This was back in 2015 or 2016, but the data points were, you know, more of the nature of this percentage of girls feel safe at home. This percentage of boys, you know, feel safe at home. And things that, you know, we're really quantifying feelings there. So I think obviously predictive analytics coming from epidemiologists about COVID, COVID recovery, why the hell did this happen? Um, those are really important. But what I want to look into with data more is why is there so much disagreement on if COVID is really a hoax or not? If somebody believes that COVID isn't real, that comes from a belief that they had before COVID even came on the scene, mm -hmm. some anger, some bias, some experience, you know, you have to dig for the story and be confident that feelings and ideas can be quantified by data. You know, um, we're not just looking for like a logistic regression with true or false questions. You know, we're looking, you have to have faith when you're doing a study that anything can be quantified. Okay, so one thing we always like to ask our guests is um, how they came to be who they are today. And, um, you know, certainly, um, I, you know, I love highlighting you here today because the fact, the uniqueness that you bring to data science, data science community, and not everyone knows that this is necessarily something that they can they can do, right? Um, so love to hear like sort of the influences or like how did you come about doing um, being in the data science field? And I think you mentioned a little bit about um, you know when you were at Tulane, you, you start you got your ideas to start this community, but um, like how did you even come about? thinking about having, building a community, right? That's something that uh, most, most people um, don't think about as a, as a career or what they want to focus on. So love to hear more. About yeah. I mean, the opportunity arose because I was working for someone else doing that. Um, and I feel like I gained a lot of experience from that. So it wasn't creating the community wasn't all my idea. There have been data science communities um, in the past, but they're still operating from a focus 
on making more money, you know, really monetizing community. And if you're really going to have a successful business that fosters community, you have to genuinely want to know people. Because if not, your business will fail. I've seen it happen. The reason I do so well is because, yes, I keep an eye on, you know, what opportunities I could get and who could pay and who could, you know, invest in this. But I mean, I genuinely believe that talking about data in this way can make a better world. And it's easy to see that. And so people want to invest in that because I am consistent. I am personable. Um, and I know my stuff about stats and it's hard to find that all in one package, but you know, the being genuine is really important. I have made so many friends, yourself included, that I have not met in person, but really feel like I know through Twitter and data science. And that's a wonderful feeling, but that just happens naturally for me. And I think we need more STEM people who have that curiosity about others in the same way. Um, because yes, you know, like it does take focus and sitting at your computer and talking to no one, it really does. But, you know, that it's kind of, you have to also come outside yourself to get context to bring back into your projects, you know? Um, and it's really easy to get into like a group think mentality at your company if you don't do that. So, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why community is key, even in a techie field with a lot of introverts. I don't think data science is only that way. There are a lot of artists, there are a lot of creatives, there are a lot of social people, you know, so we can really use this industry as an opportunity to defy boundaries that have usually exist in tech fields. Exactly. I mean, I've seen myself, um, a lot of people from different backgrounds um, switching over to, to data and data science. Um, but I think for you, Danielle, what I think is also very effective is that you do have a background, right? Is, is that correct? You do have a degree in, in data science or you've studied it. So I, I mean, that credibility um, along with the, you know, the business context certainly brings, brings both sides to get together. So, um, I mean, in, can you talk about, you know, in school, like what, what were things you, you like to study? Was it more on the technical side or was it, um, were you always a balance between um, math and science and language? Um, definitely in my master's, I went the more um, math route because I feel like as a journalism major at Northwestern, I did take psychology classes. I minored in psychology, but um, I didn't have enough math and I missed it. And I'm good at math. Um, and so when I came to MBA, I wanted to do finance because I definitely worked in finance. So it was kind of backwards. Like I wanted to study something that I had worked so hard at, um, <laughs> which is interesting. But then the analytics concentration was new at Tulane and it really caught my attention. And so sure, like I took marketing, I took strategic management because those were required, but all of my electives were 
either analytics or finance. Mm. Great, great. Um, so one last question for you, Danielle, before we wrap up today's podcast is um, what's next for you? Like, what are you looking forward to doing most for the rest of 2021? And perhaps even looking at next year, what are you most hopeful about accomplishing? Well, I definitely am excited for this upcoming season three of Data Fem, where I'm going to try to get the greatest minds in epidemiology and security like yourself and, you know, economics to come and weigh in on not just what happened with the virus, but also the vaccine and really delve into mentalities surrounding the vaccine. So like more than just the statistics, um, I want to tell the story. <laughs> That's what I want to do. So I'm really excited for that. Um, I'm looking at some big corporate sponsors. So there's been that's been a real change for me. Um, there's a lot of like hoops to jump through, but it's worth it. Um, so I'll be targeting a lot of big companies for sponsorship and hopefully going to in-person conferences again. I mean, I miss that stuff. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's really, that's really what I'm up to is putting more content out there. Um, chasing sponsorship which is mutually beneficial and um really getting excited about events again <laughs> oh you and me both um i'm looking forward to um in-person events as, as you said and um i love what you're saying about data storytelling because we've we've heard that theme across our other uh, past speakers as well um like being able to do really good storytelling is, is really effective and hopefully doing it in person as well as continuing it through the mediums of a podcast is, um, is great as well. So um, Danielle, thank you so much um, for your time today. I really appreciate you sharing your thoughts with us, especially as another fellow data science podcaster and also um, really love seeing the community that you've been building up so far. Sure. I'm glad to have you part of the community and it's always a fun time talking to you. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you liked what you heard today and would like to hear more, please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite player like iTunes and Spotify. And please do rate our podcast. Also, please go to our website, www.datatransformerspodcast.com for more episodes, blogs, and information on our speakers. Thank you.